0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark 13, verses 9 to 13, and then through J.C. Rouse's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 13, verses 9 to 13. But be on your guard. For they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. In reading the prophecies of the Bible concerning Christ's church, we shall generally find judgment and mercy blended together. They are seldom all bitter without any sweet, and seldom all darkness without any light. The Lord knows our weaknesses and readiness to faint, and has taken care to mingle consolations with threatenings, kind words with hard words, like warp and woof in a garment. We may mark this throughout the book of Revelation. We may see it all through the prophecy we are now considering. We may note it in the few verses which we have just read. Let us observe in the first place what troubles our Lord bids his people expect between the time of his first and second comings. Trouble, no doubt, is the portion of all men since the day that Adam fell. It came in with the thorns and thistles. Man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards, Job five seven. But there are special troubles to which believers in Christ Jesus are liable, and of those our Lord gives them plain warning. They must expect trouble from the world. They must not look for help of rulers and kings. They will find their ways and their doctrines bring them no favor in high places. On the contrary, they will often be imprisoned, beaten, and brought before judgment seats as malefactors for no other reason than their adherence to the gospel of Christ. They must expect trouble from their own families. Brothers shall betray brother to death and the father to the son. Their own flesh and blood will often forget to love them from hatred to their religion. They will find sometimes that the enmity of the carnal mind against God is stronger than even the ties of family and blood. We shall do well to lay these things to heart and to count the cost of being a Christian. We must think it no strange thing if our religion brings with it some bitter things. Our lot, no doubt, is cast in favorable times. The lines of a British Christian are fallen in pleasant places. We have no reason to be afraid of death or imprisonment if we serve Christ. But, for all that, we must make up our minds to endure a certain proportion of hardship if we are real, thorough, and decided Christians. We must be content to put up with laughter, ridicule, mockery, slander, and petty persecution. We must even bear hard words and unkindness from our nearest and dearest relations. The offense of the cross is not ceased. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Those who are born after the flesh will persecute those that are born after the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.14 and Galatians 4.29 The utmost consistency of life will not prevent it. If we are converted, we must never be surprised to find that we are hated for Christ's sake. Let us observe in the second place what rich encouragement the Lord Jesus holds out to his persecuted people. He sets before them three rich cordials to cheer their souls. For one thing, he tells us that the gospel must first be preached among the nations. It must be, and it shall be. In spite of men and devils, the story of the cross of Christ shall be told in every part of the world. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notwithstanding persecution, imprisonment, and death, there shall never be lacking a succession of faithful men who shall proclaim the glad tidings of salvation by grace. Few may believe them; many of their hearers may continue hardened in sin, but nothing shall prevent the gospel from being preached. The word shall never be bound, though those who preach it may be imprisoned and slain. Second Timothy two nine. For another thing, our Lord tells us that those who are placed in special trial for the gospel's sake shall have special help in their time of need. The Holy Spirit shall assist them in making their defence. They shall have a mouth and wisdom which their adversaries shall not be able to oppose or resist. As it was with Peter and John and Paul, when brought before Jewish and Roman councils, so shall it be with all true-hearted disciples. How thoroughly this promise has been fulfilled. The histories of Huss and Luther and Latimer and Ridley and Baxter abundantly prove. Christ has been faithful to his word. For another thing, Our Lord tells us that patient perseverance shall result in final salvation. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Not one of those who endure tribulation shall miss his reward. All shall at length reap a rich harvest. Though they sow in tears, they shall reap in joy. Their light affliction, which is but for a moment, shall lead to an eternal weight of glory. Let us gather comfort from these comfortable promises for all true-hearted servants of Christ. Persecuted, vexed, and mocked as they now are, they shall find at length they are on the victorious side. Beset, perplexed, tried, as sometimes they are, they shall never find themselves entirely forsaken. Though cast down, they shall not be destroyed. Let them possess their souls in patience. The end of all they see going on around them is certain, fixed, and sure. The kingdoms of the world shall yet become the kingdoms of their God and of his Christ. And when the scoffers and ungodly, who so often insulted them, are put to shame, believers shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we have just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, like Britain in Ryle's day, at least in Canada, we enjoy a degree of protections and acceptance, though it looks as if these are fraying more quickly than not. Do we believe these protections and acceptance are our due, or do we believe that persecution and ridicule is normal? Are we surprised when people mock or scoff when we stand on biblical truth? Are we afraid to speak when we know it will invite such responses? And second, do such promises as the gospel going to the nations, the help of the Holy Spirit, and eternal life give comfort and encouragement to press on in faithfulness?